Well, hello there, everybody out in Divi Nation. You are in for a treat today. Whether you just woke up, you're going to want to get your coffee going. Uh, you may not even need it today. We've got a pretty exciting show. Look at this packed house. We've got full panel, six people here with a couple new, not new, actually very not old. New. Well, they're not old, but like <laughs> we've got an, one of the OGs of Divi Chat. Mr. Gino Quiros is here, everybody. I wish I had an applause button right now. <laughs> <laughs> and our old pal Josh Hall decided to pop by too. How about that? He won't come for us, but he comes for Gino. No, I heard Gino was coming, so I'm like, I'm uh -huh. gonna hang out with Gino again uh -huh. for an hour. Yeah. yeah, we see how it is. We see what's going on around here. So today, you guys, we are gonna talk about a topic that sort of stemmed from Gino's recent interview on Josh's podcast. And we'll put a link to that podcast episode in the show notes for you. If you haven't heard it, just buckle up. It's uh, You got to chip out some time for it. Two-hour episode, but you know there's some good stories and some good chats in there. So uh, lots of gold gems you can take away. Wait, are gems gold? Man, that was a terrible line. Okay, so... Um, before we dive into our topic, which is about finding your lane, basically figuring out where you are in your business, what your key roles are, things like that, why don't we go around and introduce ourselves? My name is Stephanie Hudson. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I run Focus WP, where we help folks um, to find their own lane, really. This is a lot of what we do. And so they do the things that they're the best at and that they love doing, and they outsource the rest. You can find us at focuswp.co. And of course, come hang out with us in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. Sarah, are you oh, we're just going to go sorry. around in a circle, guys. Remember how we do it now? Remember I how forgot. we go? <laughs> I know. Hey, guys, Sarah Oates here with Endure Web Studios. Um, you can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. We are finally out of lockdown here in Australia, and it's very exciting. But what that coincidentally means, if you can't already hear in the background, is I have a million tradies at my house. Uh, and that's very exciting because they're changing our windows, but the downside is it's really noisy here. So I'm gonna try my best to be a part of the episode and also not disturb your ears as we go. So we'll see it's how we first, go, but I'm so the first excited. Episode where I can actually just tell Sarah to mute herself and she won't get mad. I know that's right. Yeah, you won't know why I'm so quiet. I'm so excited to have Gino back because Gino has been such an important part of my journey. And so I'm stoked to have him here. He was there right from the beginning of my journey in Divi and he has definitely been a part of encouraging me to start my business, to quit my job, to go full time in it. He was the one who encouraged me to come to America and meet everyone. Like he has just been such an important part of my journey. And so I'm stoked to have Gino here. I have missed him terribly. So very excited for this episode. Couldn't have missed it despite the chaos in my background. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. Oh, God. I thought we were going around the circle. We were. I just got nervous that we were forgetting again. <laughs> Eric doesn't forget. I forget. I know. That's true. <laughs> Hey everybody, my name is Eric, and uh, I'm really excited about this because I was just realizing um, that with Josh on here, as Josh was finding his new lane, it opened up uh, an on ramp for me to to come into to my new lane uh, with In Transit Studios. So really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm with uh, In Transit Studios, 
and really excited to be on this episode with Gino and Josh and, and everybody else. Um, and, and Gino, I just want to say b- before I don't get a chance to, to speak up later, um, I love your flip card tutorial. I use that so many times. So thanks. <laughs> right on, right on. Thanks, Eric. Gino, I hope you're ready to blush a lot because you're about to get showered with some love. It's up to well, you to do your intro now if you're ready. Oh, is it Gino? We're not going up. Oh, sorry. Circle. It's in a circle. Okay. Gotcha. I know. Well, this is my great idea that never, ever works. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, Gino here. Good to be back on, on Divi Chat. I'm uh, super excited to be around. Uh, these folks and, and you guys in the chat group, um, seeing all these names, seeing Joan's name and, and Myro and everybody jumping in here is uh, just giving me a, a, a lot of memories and uh, reminiscing. So this is really great. Thanks for having me on, you guys. I appreciate you guys so much. I love what you've done with Divi Chat, and uh, I'm nervous to be on here. <laughs> I'm with the big leaguers now. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's awesome. We almost didn't uh, let you on because you don't have purple lights. <laughs> I, was, okay. I was working on it. The best I could do was hide my AC behind me. Oh, <laughs> That's the best I could do today. We'll take it. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here, and uh, I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And you can find me online at divilife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. And speaking of tutorials, Gino is the OG Divi tutorial creator. Like he was literally the first person to start creating Divi tutorials before anyone else was creating them. And uh, one of the first people to create child themes, uh, one of the first OG Divi marketplaces. So again, super glad Gino is here. Um, Yeah, and it's great to see you. Similar to what Sarah mentioned, Gino had a big influence on on my Divi journey in the beginning and and seeing what he was doing and creating products and and tutorials and everything. So uh, my hat's off to to you, Gino. And um, yeah, super glad that that you're here today. I guess that leads it to me. I am the Josh from joshhall.co, if you didn't know. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome to be back on Divi Chat, guys, not only to see Steph, Sarah, Eric, Tim, and the crew, but I'm only half joking. I was really excited to, to see Gino was back on. So I wanted to hop on, hop on. Uh, apart from just hanging out with Gino for an hour. It's also because of this topic. I am, I think if I'm more passionate about anything in business right now, it is this topic of focusing on what you're good at and what your superpower is and what you want to do as web designers. We have an incredible opportunity to do just that. So I'm fired up about this. I'm excited to see what you guys think about this subject. But um, if you don't know me, you can find my stuff at joshhall.co where I teach web designers how to build awesome sites and grow a web design business. So that is me in a very, very brief little nutshell. Mm-hmm, that is. Uh, I think it should be the Josh though, not the Josh, the, the, the Josh. Josh. Okay, hold on. Let me the... edit my name right now for everyone watching live. <laughs> so we, um, we do have, we've got some Divi veterans in, in our crowd, but we always have new kids coming to Divi, new people finding Divi and starting their journey and their businesses. So for those of you who don't know, some a lot of these folks 
talked about it. But Gino, I, I put in the social post about this episode, sort of jokingly, but it's kind of how I feel that he's like the godfather of Divi. Like he didn't, he didn't make it. Like he's not Nick Roach, but like what this community is, like when people go and say like, oh, the Divi community really is different than the other builders or other WordPress communities. A hundred percent. Like this is not just blowing smoke. Like I've said it on air before when he's not here. Like I really think that had a lot to do with this guy right here. And uh, I think he, he, the one big change he helped me make was that he, he gave away his knowledge so freely. He was not proprietary. He was just sharing. And I think that was like one of the key things. It gives me a little bit of goosebumps right now because it opened my eyes so much to see that he would give stuff away and his business was booming. Like it wasn't hurting him. It was only helping him and other people. So, so whenever we talk about this guy and we're gushing about him, it's because we've been fans of him for what, what is this now? Six, seven, how long ago was it that Divi chat started? When did you guys first start it? 2016. Yeah. 2016. 2016. So five years and, and it was right. I mean, Divi was in, but really it was before then, like it yeah. was. It really was the in the starting of the Facebook group, and mm -hmm. I don't know who started the. I, yeah, I don't know who started the Facebook group, but when I joined it, there was probably only, I don't know, maybe a hundred people, yep. yep. fifty people. I don't even know how many people were there, but there weren't that many people. And Gino was a part of it, and you know, I think what you're saying is right that there was something about the vibe of that group that was just so safe. Like it was such a safe place. And I think because Gino has such a big personality and such a welcoming personality, everyone took that lead and everyone just went with it. And I wow. think that when the group was so small, that was when it was really important. And that's when the, the core kind of values of the group started and everyone followed the lead of what was already there. And then it grew from there. And I think that's why it was able to grow in such a such an amazing way. But it was such a small little Facebook group. Like when you look at them now and they've got like 20,000 or I don't know how many they've got in them now, but it was such a tiny little and group. And there's like 20,000 groups. Like there's so many. Yeah. And we were like each other's little co-workers, like being able mm -hmm. to just chat about what we we're working on and ask questions and like help each other out. And then Gino started with his tutorials on his website. And so then they were all around and we were kind of, I know for a while there, um, like my most common Googled search was Gino Divi. And then whatever I was trying to work out how to do, <laughs> it was like, that was like my Google term because I was like constantly following these tutorials, like how to edit an archive page. Like for everyone out there now who just joined, that's like super easy now with the theme builder. But back then, all we had was Gino. And Gino's <laughs> tutorial was like my like, okay, and now what do I do with that file? And then I put this thing here and then it, like, it was like word for word, how I was running my business was like following these tutorials and like others have come obviously since then. And we follow all sorts of different tutorials now, but like back in the day, that was where it started. And definitely Gino Divi. And then the thing I was trying to work out how to do was my constant Divi term. So yeah, Kiris.co <laughs> was the original theme builder, the tutorials there. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the other cool thing is that like, we can gush about this guy and like, you know, there's some people that have an ego and you're like, you don't even want to like 
do it. You don't want to gush about them because it just, they're like, yeah, I know. But that's the thing about Gino is that he's such a nice guy. He's probably actually super uncomfortable right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, take it. You just have You're to take welcome. It. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'll put you out of your misery. We'll stop with all the gushing. If anybody else wants to gush later, they can. But uh, but why don't we dive into our topic? We know that, that our resident definer is Tim Streifler. But since this topic of find your lane came from Gino and from his um, podcast episode with Josh, I've um, he's Passing handing the, the mic. Baton. The, oh, the baton. Yeah. He's uh, nice. I cleared it with him first, you guys. He's okay with it. So there don't you, go. Worry. you got it, Gino. There you yeah, go. there it is. There okay. it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Gino, if you would just get us all on the same page so we know what we're talking about when we say find your lane. Absolutely. So the, the whole idea of find your lane, I know that's just kind of a weird term that's thrown out there. Not everybody gets that term. But for me, that I've heard that term before in regards to like the Olympics and relay races or any type of, of races where you, each runner has their lane. And, and I had always been, you know, I, I, I played a little sports in high school. And so, you know, I understood how the track goes and how you got to stay in your lane. But also... The importance of staying in your lane is not just, you know, looking at the two lines that you have to stay in, but oftentimes we tend to look around and see what's happening in the other lanes. And I remember seeing a story once of a racer who was just about to hit the finish line and he kept looking to his left to see who was behind him. So he started slowing down because he didn't see anybody. And the guy on his right came running up and ended up winning the race um, because he was so focused on the other lanes and not just running the race his race hard. And so that's kind of the idea of find your lane. And uh, it's really I, the reason it came up on our topic uh, in our, in our uh, uh, podcast with Josh was, you know, looking back at all the different things, and I think everybody here in this Divi chat has gone through and all the different phases of business. This is a great topic. I think that a lot of people coming into uh, the Divi community need to understand because right now there's so many more people using Divi than there was when we started. So it's easy to get overwhelmed. What do I do? You got a million people telling you how to make a million dollars here, make eight figures here, do this, build products, do a marketplace, blog, SEO, digital marketing. Where do I find my niche? And so I thought this would be great to hear from all you guys um, and, and talk about how did we find our lanes? Where are we at now, five years later from Divi Chat? And, uh, and and what advice you know do you guys have to give to the people listening today? So. I thought I think it's a great topic you chose, Stephanie. Well, thank you because you suggested it. The and I agree. The thing I think about sometimes with the find your lane is uh, back when we used to drive to offices. Sometimes, you know, I actually did that some for a while. Uh, and you'd be stuck in rush hour traffic. Are you the person who would just sit there and just listen to your audio book or whatever? Or were you like, I'm going to weave here and I'm going to weave there and I'm going to get in front of that guy. And it's like, you could expect, and some people, some people that works for them. But for me, I would be, if I did that, I would be so stressed out and I would actually test it. You know, some days I would try and drive like that and I would mark, like see a car and I'd be like, okay, let me see if I can beat this guy. And I would do all this extra energy and stress and I would end up, right at the same spot as the same part. You know, it didn't get me any farther and it took a lot more mental energy and added more stress to me. So I think that could almost play into the whole lane finding thing as well. What if your lane is the shoulder and you're illegally passing everyone? <laughs> well, then what you, does that you found your lane. 
<laughs> As you were describing that, Stephanie, I remember the movie Office Space. Remember at the beginning of the movie oh, yes. when the, uh -huh. the, the traffic's going fast here, so he jumps over here and the traffic uh -huh. stops. Then all of a sudden, the traffic starts moving on the other lane. He jumps over there and it stops. That's what it can be like sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know. Or like when you're picking like a supermarket lane, like yes, which, which yes. one's going oh. the fastest? I'm like, I am the worst person at pick. I swear, I pick the slow one every time. No. And then you watch there's a the man, whole time, and they're like, if there's a man in line, you. get behind them. Get behind the men. That yeah, is my trick. Meme, there's a meme that says, whenever I'm waiting in line for self checkout, the person in front of me has never used self checkout before, <laughs> or touch screens, or money. Or money. <laughs> totally. I do think, on a serious note, like. I think who who was just talking about when you get started, Gino, I think when you were saying you get plugged in with Divi, it's just overwhelming. There's so much to do. And I think in what I, I have seen a big shift in web design over the last 10 years where it went from you could just build nice websites 10 years ago and and you can still do that. But you really do need to factor in everything that is involved in web design from SEO, content, copywriting, digital marketing, like all these other aspects that do play a part in web design. The trick now for web designers is to decide what do I want to do myself? What do I want to bring in in my business and oversee? And then what do I just not want to have anything to do with? For example, um, just like every web designer, when I started doing some migrations, I broke a, a, a client's email. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, I learned from this. I'm never going to do that again. And then I broke another client's email. And then I broke more client's email later on. I realized I'm just not good at this. I, I'm pretty good at cpanel and some other stuff but email i just don't want to have anything ever to do with it so i started hiring it out i fat i figured i'm just not going to do this i found a couple people who are really good with email and i decided to stay in my lane of not doing email so i mean that's just kind of a bad example of something that you either are not good at or not well suited for or that you just don't like and that is just draining to you um, but i found a rare unicorn in my guy ammer who some of you have met before uh, who show. loves yeah, he loves email. What is wrong with him? He loves it. So that's awesome. Like that is his lane. And look, if you can find a lane that you love that nobody else loves, that's it right there, baby. So now when you say find a lane that you love, this is a little trick that I've I've learned. And so when you're thinking about your your business and when you're thinking about your lane, really what we're talking about sort of can be we can use this analogy in a lot of ways, but if you think about all the different roles in your business, all the different things that it takes to do yeah. a web design business, what roles should you be filling? You know, are you yeah. the designer? Are you the developer? Are you the email guy? Are you whatever, whatever, whatever services you're going to offer? I mean, this is a very layered thing, but the, the rule of thumb that I have sort of figured out is the best is to ask four questions about each different thing. And, and it's about what you like and what you're good at it, just combining them. So is there something like, is email something that you love and you're good at like Ammer? Is it something that you love doing, but you're not that good? Like design. I love design, but I'm not that good at it. Is it something that you hate, but you're good at it? Like some people can do email really well, but it's just a nightmare. Or is it something that you hate and you're bad at it? So if you go through those things and you can identify which things you love to do and you're good at, there's your lane. Now, th th sometimes those are like a minuscule part of your business and you're going to have to do others too. But like to, for me, that like what you, you know, love and hate versus good and bad at is a good way to sort of like, because it's not just because you love something. 
because all the things we love really aren't necessarily the things that we should be. Yeah. Doing and right as we all know, and as most everybody will find out when you get further in business, even though you love something, it's going to come with some other stuff that you just have to do. Or you're not going to love, mm -hmm. but the trick is to not let something derail you too far where you can't put your focus on the thing that you're really good at or that needs you. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good exercise, Stephanie. I like that a lot. I think yeah. at a certain point it can go beyond that because there's things where it's like, okay, I might love it. I might be good at it. But then there's that additional question is, is it a good use of my time? Can I get someone yes. else that can be equally good at it and equally, um, you know, enjoying it, loving it. Uh, so it could free me up to do, you know, other things too. Um, Cause that, that's a, a something I look at a lot in my business where, I realize I'm always the bottleneck. Like if I'm having, you know, if I'm, if I'm to change the analogy from driving in a car to football, if I'm the quarterback and I'm having someone run the ball down the field and they're building the product or designing the product, and then I have to come in and, uh, I don't even play football. So I'm like getting way off track here, um, <laughs> or watch it. I mean, uh, <laughs> speaking of staying in your lane, Tim, why don't you stick yeah. with analogies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to stay in my lane and not do any sports analogies. Um, <laughs> but basically, I, I found out in my business that I was the bottleneck, right? Like things were, were mm. not getting all the way done. They weren't coming to the finish line. They weren't coming into the end zone uh, <laughs> because of me. And so it wasn't because I didn't necessarily like it or that I wasn't necessarily good at it. It was just that I'm busy with so many different things. So then it's like, okay, I need to remove myself to free up this bottleneck because otherwise it's just not going to get done despite my best efforts to want to do it, you know, because I enjoy it. Um, so that's, I feel like that's the, the next part of that question as you get busier and, mm -hmm. and you have different, uh, moving parts to your business is like, is it a good use of your time? Um, and then also on that note too, it's like when you're constantly managing others, it's like to do a mind shift from management to actually like, focusing on like creative work, it's a, it's hard to get going. And so I, I found that when I'm like managing, it's better to stay in that mindset opposed to trying to jump back and forth and everything. Um, but anyways, if yeah, you guys want to hear really more sports important. analogies, just follow me on Facebook <laughs> and I'll be sure to show it. I think that, no, I think you're onto something, Tim. Like, I think there is something about a, a lot of us who are starting new in Divi, for example, you start as you. And then you get to a point where you're too busy to, so either you could pick like, okay, well, I just don't like doing email and I don't, I'm not good at it. So I'm going to outsource that. That's totally fine. And you can choose to do that at whatever stage you're at. Like there might be something that people are asking for constantly, but you don't want to do it and you're not willing to say no to the client. And so you find someone else to do it. And that's great. But a lot of us come to that point of like, I am too busy to like all my time is taken up and now I have to work out, well, what do I choose to let go of? And I think that's a really tricky question. Um, and I've had successes and not successes. And some of it is more around me than anything where I've realized. So the first person I brought on was a graphic designer. And the reason was what I found was firstly, she was there and she's amazing and that's great. But secondly, um, every time I came to do the design of a website, I'm okay at design. Like I'm all right at it. That's how I got going in my business and it's fine. But every time I came to design, that's where I procrastinated every single time. Mm -hmm. And it was because I felt this massive fear that I wasn't good enough. And that's where I would hit that like 
I think we did an episode recently of like, you know, how you feel about yourself. And so that's where I would come to that. And that's when I decided that's what I should outsource. And it was the best decision I ever made. And so I brought Sophie on and that was great. Um, Then I got too busy and I brought on a dev to help me. And obviously COVID's impacted things. But what I realized during that process was all of that managing somebody else meant I couldn't do any work. And I really missed building websites. I really missed it. And everyone says like, just outsource, just outsource. But what I realized is I don't want to outsource that. I love building websites. And by choosing to outsource that to somebody else, I was losing a thing that I loved and that I was good at. And there are heaps of other things that are probably financially much smarter to outsource. Like maybe I should be outsourcing, um, like some of the admin type things, or maybe I should be outsourcing like some of the things, or I've been thinking like maybe I should bring someone on who is a really low rate and they do the real basic stuff. Like they just bang out the templates and put out the pages and like do all the really beginner stuff. And then I come in and do like the like layout. And that's where I realized I was outsourcing the wrong stuff because it financially was costing me a lot. And I wasn't getting to do the stuff I loved anymore. So it was like this double-ended thing. So I think working out that value side of things is really important about working out if you're going to outsource it, what's it going to cost you? And is that worth it to you? Or is that something that you it's better for you to spend your time on? Or are there things that you're spending your time on that you could outsource for like a much, much cheaper than the time you're charging your clients? So I think that's hot tip, Tim. I like it. <laughs> I think, I think uh, oh, sorry, go I, ahead, I was going to say, I think the other thing that Gino brought up that I had never really heard of before with the analogy of, of finding your lane was um, not looking around at the other lanes, because I think that's where you start to really get in trouble, you know, and because sometimes the answer has to be not yet or never. But, you know, like for me, like, I don't want to design products. Like I, I don't want to get into to plugins and, and, and themes and, and child themes and stuff like that. Um, but when you're first starting out and you start listening to Divi chat or reading the posts and you see these other people doing things, you're like, gosh, maybe I should be doing that. Is that, I'm, you know, for me to be successful, when we get to that point, you know, I got to, I'm going to have to start doing that. And, and I think stepping back and giving yourself permission to go, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to be thrilled building one website a month, you know, like I'm going to be a web designer. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and that's great. Don't, and don't ever feel bad about that just because you happen to notice somebody else in their lane has decided to become this kind of business or, or be doing this type of work. Um, and so I think just finding that joy in your lane, I had never really heard of it that way, Gino. And so I think it's really good. It's a great point, Eric. I think something that Gino and I talked about in the podcast episode when I had him on and what I was fascinated by was Gino, you saying that you looked at Tim and David and some other folks in the community and you felt like not the imposter syndrome, but you just felt like they were exceeding and it's easy to, to fall into that comparison trap where, and I think that is what, that's the byproduct of not staying focused in your lane, but looking at other lanes is you start to compare yourself and you start to want, you start to veer in and out of your lane, if we're going to keep the analogy going. And then that is a big problem because you can lose sight of what you're supposed to do and what you're good at and what you enjoy. And then you end up feeling like you should do this or you should do that. Or worst case scenario, you start feeling like you're not good enough or like what, you know, then you, the 
feelings of doubt and stuff come in. So I don't know. I just thought that was really powerful as kind of an echo to what Eric said with the importance of focusing ahead and, and, and staying in your lane. There's a really good kind of visualization of what we're talking about and not looking at other lanes, people in other lanes. Um, I think it was a 2016 Olympics. Um, Michael Phelps, USA. I know. Back to sports. (laughs) It applies. It works here. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) And uh, I forget what country, but there's a swimmer who was like, he was uh, like supposed to beat Michael Phelps, like in terms of all the qualifying and stuff. He like, if there's anyone who's going to beat Michael Phelps, it was this guy. And as soon as they started swimming, you can see him constantly looking up to see where Michael Mm -hmm. is. And he was actually ahead, but because he wasn't focused on his lane and he was overly concerned with Michael Phelps, you know, the greatest swimmer of all time, what, how he was doing and, and trying to see if he was beating him, he ended up losing because he's constantly looking for him. And there's a picture of uh, Michael Phelps going in front of him as he's like watching him pass him. And it's it's oh, like the perfect just so like terrible. analogy for what we're talking about here. Uh, I, I'm going to just posted in the live chat there because it's like yeah <laughs> vicky says at least we all understand swimming unlike american football <laughs> i i Sorry, do true. understand american football although i don't care to follow it or watch it however my analogy it just like it didn't quite work and i was it got way off track it fell apart i i okay. remember in the beginning days when people started making child themes everyone was saying to me you have to start making child themes you have to start making child themes it's where it's at like get in the game you need to be doing this stuff and i just remember feeling like partly i don't know if i want to go down that track partly imposter syndrome like i don't know if i've actually got the skill to pull that off and then what do people complain about like what i've created but i remember feeling this massive pull of like all these people around me because it was such a small little community at the beginning and then all of a sudden like gino's doing his tutorials and then a couple of products turn up and then all these child themes and it was like just little things all coming around and i'm thinking i'm just little old me i'm happy making my websites and then all this pressure this constant pressure of like but you should be making products or you should be making child themes or you should be and just feeling like, but I don't know that that's my lane. Like maybe I could go down that track, but I'm I'm not sure if I want to go down that track or not. And I just remember feeling so much pressure from all the people around me. And it was like that thing of like the other, all the people like coming alongside and them like, yeah. I felt it, like they were going ahead of me, but it wasn't necessarily that they were going ahead of me. It just felt like that. I, it, I was finding my own way of going and I'm really proud of the business that I've created and I'm really happy with it but it's so hard sometimes to look around at other people and they've got agencies with like 20 people in them or they're building these products or they're building these child themes or they've got like online courses like I'd love to make online courses there's all these things I'd love to do and I feel this constant like wow, they're doing this thing and wow, they're doing that thing and their thing looks so much bigger than my thing. And I think sometimes it's really hard to kind of center yourself and go, well, what I'm doing is good and I really like it. And it's not that you can't strive towards, like you can't get inspired by other people, but sometimes I think it's okay to just hold on and go, it's all right for me not to do these other things that everybody else is doing. And it's all right for me to look at them and go, wow, that is amazing what you're doing and I'm going to be your cheer squad. Yeah. but I'm also not going to do it, even though maybe I've got the capability and maybe it would be great. And maybe my future would look different if I did that thing. 
but I'm also choosing to stay in this lane and that that's okay. I think sometimes that's so hard. For, yeah. for, for web designers, particularly locally as well, who look at competition, that's the biggie because you see digital marketing agencies who are doing websites, social, you know, SEO, social media, digital marketing, video, and you're like, do I need to do all that? But to your point, Sarah, sometimes you have to catch yourself in that position. I actually wanted to throw a question at Gino since, you know, he's here on Divi Chat tonight because we talked Two about this. Two hours wasn't enough, Josh? No, no. I, I want to get the summed up version for everybody. I am okay. kind of curious, Gino, what made you take a step back when you felt yourself veering or, or starting to compare? Like, what, was there a moment that uh, that hit you or something? Well, I, I, I can't say there's a specific moment, but I can say, like, looking back at everything like that we've accomplished, all of us, but it, me personally, Sarah, I think like you and Eric, I've kind of come back full circle. And, and you know, I guess, Josh, to answer your question first is, uh, you know, you talked about, uh, Tim, you talked about being the bottleneck. And, um, and I found myself being the bottleneck. And every time I kind of grew into a new venture in my business, um, I found that, you know, I was a bottleneck because I wasn't a great manager. I, and and I'd like to get dig into the work and not so much, um, you know, I, I, I was always the kind of person that just, you know, you're the professional. I hired you as a contractor to do this particular thing. I expect you to do it, you know, instead of managing them, leading them, teaching them. I just kind of was always, you know, well, go learn the way I did. I hired you because you have this experience. And, and that was a bad leadership. And a couple of times, you know, if I would get sick or something and I'd leave it up to the team for a couple of weeks and I'd come back and, you know, lost a few clients. And most of all, it wasn't so much that I was bummed that I lost the business or that people made mistakes that happens. But I think for me, it was the personal reputation. My reputation's on the line. They're representing me and my business and the business is based off of the relationships I've made. And, and so a couple of moments like that. And what it did for me is it made me realize, well, do I really want to be doing, you know, 30, 40 sites a month? Do I want to have products and dealing with customer service and have a customer support team and updating products? Do I want to do I want two or three developers that are just focusing on keeping the products updated and paying them for that? Is it worth the audience? Is it worth the traffic? Is it worth the accounting hassles of, of <laughs> all these, you know, five dollar purchases on my shop because, you know, uh, plugins were being sold as low as five, six, seven dollars. And, you know, I sell 100 of those. and That's just a lot of counting. And I lost whatever profit margins there were. Uh, so that, that turning point for me was, well, what is it do I love? And that's where I, I was going when I said Sarah and Eric and, and Josh, and I think all of us here. Uh, but for me, it was going back to the love of designing websites. And that was really for me, I, I enjoyed building products. I learned a lot. Um, it helped me kind of understand the audience, the users. You know, I, I can speak to developers by giving them CSS tutorials. But how about the users, you know, who are using the product? But don't want any CSS or that stuff. So I learned a lot about both sides. Um, you know, doing digital marketing services at one point, we we're offering SEO and social media marketing services, and we had a pretty big team. But I wasn't great at that stuff, and so I saw that falter, and it ended up. You know, I, I said, you know, it's going to ruin my reputation. I'm going to lose good clients if we can't provide quality services. But I didn't know enough about that to provide those quality services. And I didn't want to take the time to learn how to do that stuff. So. Again, that was kind of it, Josh, to answer your question. It was just kind of realizing, you know, 
I, I could be a, a, you know, a great manager, business leader, focus on growing the business and, and managing all the team, hire a project manager, um, or I could enjoy the one-on-one relationships I built with my clients. And, and part of that came when I started getting into monthly maintenance and hosting, which really only started a couple years ago. Uh, prior to that, I had my uh, I had a, like three or four uh, hosting clients, maintenance clients. I didn't do hosting. But a company reached out to me, offered to sell me his maintenance uh, business, and then another client a year later did. So it, within a, a short span of two years, I had you know 30 monthly maintenance clients and hosting. And I love that because now I have these one-on-one relationships with regular clients that I'm working with every month. And then I could throw in a couple websites a month, new builds, so I'm staying on top of things. I, I still have some developers that I bring on, but now I understand development much better than I did then. So it's easier for me to manage them than it was for me then when I had no idea what they were doing. Now I can direct them and guide them and and, and still rely on their expertise to show me how to do things I can't do. But yeah, so I think that was it, Josh. And, and ju- that was just to kind of cap off Sarah and Eric, what you were saying, you know, pro- building products. That was my dream at one point. I was, I was a big fan of WooCommerce and Lifter LMS and what they did. They took their web design business and turned it into a product business. So that was at one point that was my dream that's what i thought we were going to do um, at the end of the day i said you know customer service is not my lane and managing a customer service team is not my lane you know i i want to be i want to take full responsibility for all the things and if i have other team members working on it it's harder for me to do that so uh, you know it just comes down to you know my lane was the relationships long-term clients taking care of them and then opportunities grow off of that I've had a couple clients reach out to me recently um, saying, hey, do you know, we're ready to upgrade to monthly SEO services. What can you do for us? And it's cool. I could take those on because I know them. I've been working on their site. I know their product. I know their service. I can help them. It's different than taking on some, you know, company that has a brand new product and made by scientists that nobody's ever heard of. How are you going to do SEO for something like that when you know nothing about that industry? So by by working with clients on a regular basis, it makes it easier to kind of expand those services. And it's still a one-on-one relationship with my clients. So I think that that's kind of my take on that. I love that. I, I think what you just reminded me of, Gino, is is finding your lane in addition to what we had talked about with finding what you're good at, what you enjoy and stuff. It's also like the size and type of business that you want too, And so like, we have to remember, it's not all about like revenue and, and profit and growing as big as you can. And it's also about like what you enjoy. A lot of us get into business entrepreneurship, um, starting our own companies for the freedom and lifestyle that it provides. And if you build a business, and and essentially create a company that you don't enjoy running then it's like well what's the point at the end of the day great point and so i i really like that finding your lane and and building the 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 style and the the stress level too it's like okay well this managing this over here this is really stressful i don't want to do that and so carving out your lane in that way is is yeah that's really cool it's a great point before i got into teaching a a local colleague of mine who is an expert developer who has actually helped me on some projects just incredible developer guy really savvy business mind he found out about the Divi market and I talked to him about what I was thinking about doing with child themes and plugins eventually, which thank God I didn't go that route because I just 
wasn't suited well for that. I'm not a Tim. It's not my lane. Uh, <laughs> but he like did some numbers and was like, okay, if we sold, because we thought about partnering up on this. And he's like, even if we sold, you know, an average customer value of $100 per year, you know, if we sold, you know, 500,000 customers or something here would be our, our profit, our revenue. And it was millions of dollars. And that's intriguing. But then my first thought, because I had already thought about staying in my lane was, oh, that means we're going to have to hire support and it's going to be a nightmare like Gino just talked about with the accounting and everything else. And then we're going to have to have a team and then we're going to be managing products and child themes. And I don't even know if I want to do that. So it was just a practical example of like seeing that opportunity and, and then weighing the pros and cons and then figuring out what do I love to do? What am I well suited for? And is this something that is is worth? Yeah, you might get rewarded financially, but is that worth all that comes with it? I think that's another really important factor in this. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think Josh, you really have found your lane and you're crushing it. I remember I was one of the people that was like, yeah, Josh, you got to create layouts and child themes. And I was, I was like pushing that direction. I was probably one of the people that was pushing Sarah to create child themes too. I think so. And I'm glad you guys didn't listen. Cause you found what you enjoy. You found your lane and you know, I mean, it's like but vice I found versa. my lane and I thought my lane was, should be, you know, other, my friend's lanes as well. And that's just not how it works. But well, and I have people your direct com competition and we would have smashed you. So we were just doing you a favor. But, but to that point, Tim, everybody's lane is different. Like a lot of people say, I want to do courses and they try building a course and they're like, I'm never going to do that. Like it is hard. Everything we do is hard work but if we are well suited for it it's less hard so i think that's a really important thing like what is natural to me is not natural for everybody else and tim you have a very succinct skill set with you know your dev side of your brain and, and design and everything you do and customer support like it seems to me you just don't give that much of a shit if somebody doesn't like your products whereas <laughs> i might feel that a little more personally that's just my personality you know what i mean like you have yeah. to have that hard skin if if you're yeah. just going to be a product creator so yeah yeah i've had you know to grow that hard skin over the years <laughs> but yeah I, I get your point for sure you know what i've been hearing you guys have been just sort of sitting here listening to all of you share and Something that I'm thinking about is that once you do pick a lane, that doesn't necessarily have to be your lane forever. Yeah. The idea yeah. is to not get distracted by the other lanes and to yeah. not just swerve wildly. But use your blinker. You, yeah, you got to use your blinker. But you can, you know, you have when you're driving, if we're still sticking with it, because man, we can run an analogy into the ground here on Diddy Chat <laughs> and we're going to do it. Yeah, we will. Uh, if you go, if you're driving someplace, like for starters, you have to have a destination. But if you, you know, like on the GPS, like how it tells you, uh, I'm, I'm so distracted all the time. Like I'm, a, I have like a goldfish attention span, but it'll be like, oh, you have to take the exit in two miles. And I'm like, two miles, that's tons of time. <laughs> and I'll just stay way over on the left because it's the fast lane. That's my lane that I've chosen, right? And then you're just flying. This is American lanes, by the way, you guys. So flip them. <laughs> flip them if you're other places. That's the slow lane. <laughs> yeah. So I'm flying. And then it's like one mile. And I'm like, eh, I could still beat these cars. And then the next thing you know, it's like, take this exit. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot. You know, like, I'll just get distracted, for whatever. But it's like, if you can plan things out and know where you're going, if you understand where you're going, you can make calculated decisions. Yeah. And sometimes you think that this is going to be a good lane for you. Like every single one of 
the folks here who has shared. And I don't think Eric or I have told a story yet, but I guarantee you it's the same for us. We've tried lanes that weren't right. Sure. Like you think yeah. this is going to be what I'm going to love doing. You know, I used to think like, oh, I want to be a designer. I realize I'm not a good designer. Uh, and then I loved building the sites that people would design. And so I thought, oh, maybe I'll do that. And I was trying to hire a salesperson. I have come to this realization that like, I'm pretty good at sales. Like nobody that I'm going <laughs> to hire is going to be better at that than me. So like, why would I? And I don't even want to do this. You know, like just the shifts yeah. that we make. Yeah. And also like just shifts and that's that trial we and error, as, right? As we try yeah. things, but yeah. also as we grow, as yeah. we grow and learn new things and our businesses grow, you know, that's been another thing that has been a, a bit of a repeated pattern here, right? Like, because when you're small, like managing a team isn't even one of the possible lanes. Like that lane is closed. <laughs> you're not even right. in that lane. <laughs> right. But then it opens up once you get farther down the road and then you have to decide like, is that yeah. something that I want to do? Or is that something that I want to outsource? Whatever, you know, so there's so many different changes. I, I think just being cognizant of, you know, your general GPS, like where you're headed and what you're trying to accomplish is kind of what I'm hearing and what I've experienced. I don't know. Do you guys agree? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's that thing GPS. of- my, my wife gets mad at me and she's like, how did you miss that turn? It's on a screen right in front of you. I'm like, well, you turn the voice off. <laughs> And then she turns the voice on and then I still ignore the voice telling me where to go. Uh, so to your point, Stephanie, yeah, being aware, self-aware of yourself and your business and where you're headed and, and stuff. There's so much strategy that goes into business um, that, yeah, you, you kind of learn as you go. But yeah, sorry, Sarah, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, and, and on that uh, point, I, real quick, oh, go ahead, Sarah. I was just going to say, like, it's okay for you to be following the, the path now, but the path might be, you know, you might have a five-year plan and then two years down the plan, you suddenly realize, oh, I need to shift direction at this point. And that's okay too. Like, all you can do is go to the foreseeable future. And that's all the only direction that you can go. But you might find like technology changes, Divi's changing, web design industry's changing, you are changing, you're growing and developing, you're realizing your skills. You might skill up in one area and realize you really love it. And so suddenly you need to like change the direction. But I think all you can do is kind of head for the next year or the next two years. And then you might end up in a whole different place and that's okay as well. Yeah. And, and I, I would say this too, the staying in your lane is not discouraging you from uh, uh, trying trying new um, new ways to get there, uh, new freeway off ramps, <laughs> since we're on the analogy. <laughs> keep it, keep <laughs> and, it rolling. And I would say, like, looking back, I don't regret any of the things that I attempted and I have done. The tutorials, I learned a lot about that. And, and I'm still, you know, that's still a passion of mine. Um, you know, the, the running the multi-vendor marketplace, I learned a lot about WooCommerce. I learned a lot about affiliate sales. I learned a lot about managing developers and dealing with customers. And I learned, a, now I do WooCommerce sites. I have, I have no fear of doing them because what I ran was pretty intense. I mean, we had thousands of users, thousands of visitors every month. And, and I used to tell Jerry, even though the margin uh, may not be high, the amount of traffic we're getting because of the marketplace pays it off you know so it's really just a, a traffic generator is what it became for us the last year or two uh, and then i'd sell a couple of my own products boom that's nice because no commissions to give off on that um but i don't regret any of that the the the, the guest the, the blog that i run where i have about 
30, 40 guest bloggers contributing. I love that. I don't have the time to edit it anymore. And I had a couple of editors over the last couple of years, but I still, I learned so much from running that blog about how to vet people, how to learn, how to go through their writing, editing, working with different people, different brands. I learned a lot about SEO in that process. Uh, the white label design, I didn't know if I'd like that or not. I still love that. That's like my main thing is white label design. Um, I have a few direct clients that come every now and then, but so I look back at everything that I did um, and, and I don't, I've learned so much from it. So there's nothing wrong with turning off the GPS and, and going just cruising through town to see what San Francisco's like. Forget having, you know, the goal to see the bridge, just drive around and see where the streets take you. Then when you get lost, turn the GPS back on. And, uh, and, and, you know, I wanted to bring up another point. I didn't want to interrupt you, Tim, but you were talking about the, the different sizes of the business, not just what we're doing, but how big it is, how busy it is, how many people you're managing. My analogy was that's just like picking the size of co the, the kind of car you're going to drive when you're cruising on the freeway. Love it. Right? Yeah. Some want a Stingray, some want a Corvette, some want a big old 4 by 4 that's raised up. And, you know, you find I, I'm a minivan guy. What can I say? I'm right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I was, um, we're just coming up to the top of the hour. We got about another 10, 15 minutes to go. I uh, want to just take a quick minute to say thanks everybody for being here. Thanks for all you who are in the live chat and those listening on your podcast apps or watching us uh, after the fact. Please do give us a thumbs up if you could hit the subscribe button and give us a review. We would, it, it would mean so much to us. Uh, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash DiviChat, and that will show whatever podcast apps you have on your phone where you can go leave a review. Uh, as we are sort of cruising around the, the last bend here, I was thinking, what about, <laughs> what about some advice you guys could give? So we're saying, okay, so this might be where you like to be, or this might be where you're good at being, but what happens when you decide that there are elements of your business that aren't a good fit for you? And maybe you have to make a major shift in your business because I know a lot of us here have. I mean, Josh, for goodness sakes, you sold your business to Eric. You like completely changed and went a different direction. Gino, your business has taken a lot of different directions. Or what if it's just smaller things like like what I was saying, how um, I thought I wanted to do this, but turns out I want to do a different thing in the same business. What advice can we give to the listeners for how to handle those things? Where do you find the resources or how do you make the decisions from that point forward? Well, I can speak on that just briefly since Eric is here and I don't know how Eric felt when that time came, when I reached out to him. Cause I kind of, I straight up asked him like, Hey, do you want to take over my business? That was, I would just said, Hey, Eric, you want to do a call? And Eric has famously said, he thought I was going to try to sell him on my next course I was creating, <laughs> but I was just straight up like, Hey, you want to take my clients? The thing, the thing with that is first of all, it's okay. It's okay to not like a service and want to either drop it or just hire it out or sell it or, or, you know, whatever you want to do with it. The other aspect is I did not hate my business. I wasn't burned out. I love building websites, but what I love even more is doing courses and teaching and connecting people. That's what I truly love. So I kind of leveled with myself and realized this is what I am like. This is what I live for. This is, I, I like getting up and building websites, but I love getting up and doing a course and teaching. So I realized that, and that's what was the genesis of, of me making that decision. And I found somebody in Eric who I saw a proven path with him being really good at working, you know, with clients, building his business. And he was a pastor. And I think Gino could probably back this point up and saying that I don't know if anything is harder than being in some sort of pastoral role. So 
I imagine he could take a business over and rock it, which he has. So that was my thinking of it. Love it. Interesting. Anybody else want to share? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have the business that Josh had to where I sold it, but I basically, once my product business was where it was producing full-time, you know, revenue for myself and able to support my family, I got to the point where I was like, I don't love doing client work. I love, it's like, I love building websites. I love the design, the development aspect, but I didn't like having the deadlines and, you know, managing clients. So instead of managing a few clients, I have to manage like thousands of customers, which in my head <laughs> some, somehow is better because they're not paying nearly as much per customer. But, um, and so, but they're yeah, not like, me, Tim, can you make the button pop a little bit? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not asking me to make the logo bigger. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, for me, it was, it was like, what do I enjoy most? And it's not that I like absolutely hated building websites for clients, but like similar to Josh, I loved the product side of, of my business. And so that was what I wanted to focus on. And so like, yes, I could have probably made more money overall if I kept that side of my business doing client work and, and, you know, maybe brought someone in to manage that. But for me, it was just like, I'm going to focus on what do I, what I enjoy and what I don't get stressed at. And so it was about, yeah, kind of finding that balance. So, um, I guess creating the, the type of lifestyle business that I wanted. So I, I haven't had to make a major shift yet away from something but kind of going back to a question that christian asked a little bit ago in in the chat was um something about uh where was it uh christian let me go back how up can you discover new lanes yeah how, how can you discover new lanes without uh you know was it crashing he was asking cruising. um cruising well without cruising. cruising um no crash we're not doing crashes yeah and without crash either <laughs> so i i think so when I read that, I saw, I, I read it as how can you discover new lanes without crashing? Um, and so that's the question I'm going to answer because that's what I read. I'll take it. Um, yeah, we'll just pretend that's what he asked. Um, so one of my favorite leadership axioms is to shoot a bullet before a cannonball. And the whole idea comes back to the, the notion that, you know, way back with, you know, pirate ships, they could only carry so many cannonballs. So they had these teeny tiny little cannons that they could shoot a bullet from and they would use that to target and then transfer the, the coordinates, call the coordinates down and then aim the big guns. Cause you didn't want to lose, you didn't want to waste a cannonball or you would be dead. Um, and so often when I want to try something new, that's what I ask myself, how am I going to shoot a bullet here before a cannonball? Like, how can we test this idea? Um, and I use it in my family and I use it in my business. Two years ago, everybody in our family wanted a dog, and then there was me. And so I said, <laughs> how, can we how can we test this? Um, so we found a, a program called Dogs on Deployment where you foster care a dog for a military person while they're, while they're deployed. Um, awesome. And at the end of that, nobody wanted a dog. It was perfect. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so like nine months ago or so, I was really thinking like, oh, you know, how can I test SEO services and, and this kind of stuff. Um, and so I thought, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna promote it. I'm just gonna, the next time somebody asks, I'm gonna say, yeah, we, we can do that. And I hated it. I hated every part of doing it. Um, and so I thought, well, that's not right. But I knew because 
I don't like building websites. <laughs> um, I like teaching clients how to get the most out of their websites for their businesses. I love yep. that. Um, and so I thought, well, I still want to be, I still want to wrap around services with, with building the website. Um, because the more we can do with a client, I think the more we can help them with their business. So I decided to find an outsource partner and we outsource all of that now. So we found somebody that does it really great. We tested them. They're doing a great job. We're putting the system together. I don't have to hire, like the busier we get, I don't have to hire more people. I have, you know, they're taking care of it. So you just got to practice or test a couple things really small. That's my. It's also on our uh, onboarding. We tell all people who join the company, we're going to shoot you with a BB gun first before we shoot you with a cannon. <laughs> and for some <laughs> reason, we have trouble hiring. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe I should stop that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to, to Christian's question. Oh, um, without cruising or without I think both are very valid questions and I'm glad we're talking about both because <laughs> yeah. so, the, the way I see uh, Christian's question is without cruising almost like without being distracted right if you're like focused on your lane like how do you look for opportunities without like basically just being always distracted by what's going on around mm -hmm. you and you know and stuff like that and I think there really is a balance because if you're constantly looking and, and changing and trying things and stuff like that, then it's going to be really hard to focus on, you know, your, your core business. And, and so I think there's a balance of focus, but then still being able to test things and pivot as opportunities arise. And so, um, it's like, if you only focus, then you'll miss out on other things and you might hate it and might be wanting to find a different lane, but you're just forcing yourself to stay in your lane. But then also if you're constantly just looking around, well, then you're not going to be able to really grow anything of substance because you're just like, it's like shiny object syndrome all the time. And, and we all see those people where it's like, they're constantly pivoting and you know, the next day they're promoting this, the next day they're promoting this. And it's like, it, it's kind of beyond that testing that Eric's talking about. That's, that's helpful to do where you're, it's like, you're yeah. always testing everything and you're not really good at anything type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. It is tough to find that balance, is. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, finding it's so important for you to, if you're going to test stuff, I reckon, you know, maybe dedicate 20% of your time to it, for example. So, you mm, know, you, you can yeah. kind of still keep going what with what you're going, but then like, it's a little bit like when we talk about testing pricing, like when you're thinking I need to up my prices, but I'm too scared to do it. Well, you just do it a little bit at a time. Like every time a new client comes, you just chuck on a little bit more. And if people keep saying yes, well, you know, it's working. So like, if you want to test out, um, like reaching out into other areas, just test it with one client or just spend like 20% of your time maybe doing some training in an area and then work out, well, is it at least you've still got 80% of your time going into your core business. You're not losing out on money, but you can kind of put out the feelers and work out if it might be an area that's good for you. For me, I need, um, it helps me to have a partner or a teammate or somebody that can temper me a little bit because mm -hmm. I am a dreamer. I'm the, the visionary. <laughs> I like, I get so excited about things. I love learning things. I love, I'm always like, what if we did this? <laughs> you know, like what if is my favorite phrase. And so I get kind of carried away. And so sometimes it's good to have, like everybody should have a Tom just period. Cause he's the best, but like, he's like, okay, how about we finish this first? And then we'll put this on our list 
for the million things that we're going to do. And it's there's like, a, so, yeah. yeah, there's a great exactly book called like David and Corey. I was going to say, there's a great book that really encapsulates their relationship, which is called Rocket Fuel, which yeah. is where you basically have the visionary, book, yeah. the Stephanie, and then you have the Tom, who is the integrator, who is going to be like, great idea, Stephanie. But hold up. Let's uh, yeah. let's reel it in and do this <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah. Hey, guys, so, I'm so sorry. I need to roll. I, this time is kind of tough for me with the littles. Um, I, we're glad I you're here, to... Josh. Would you like to throw in a final thought before you go? Absolutely. Um, I will just say, I think the most important thing, at least in my mind, to, to really know how to stay in your lane is just know yourself and take some time. Like whether it's a time, like you have to be intentional about this. I don't know for Gino exactly if it was over this period of months or years or a moment again, but for Gino, it sounds like he did some self-reflection yep. at some point, whether it was in his house or in his office or on a walk or whatever. I would encourage everyone to do that. Do some self-reflection and know, like really think about what you want in your business and what do you want your day-to-day -day look like? Because that's going to help you decide what to take on, what to easily say no to, and figure out you know what you do to, to stay in your lane. So hopefully that helps, guys. I got to roll. I'm, I'm going to watch the end uh, tomorrow for the replay. So thanks for having me, guys. Thanks Hope so be much on for again being soon. here, Josh. Josh. Thanks, Josh. Josh. All right, guys. Good to see everybody. See ya. Uh, well, now I got now a final what? thought. Now that Josh is gone. I'll do a final thought. And then, uh, Please do. Party's over. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. My final thought is it's okay to try something and then decide it's not right. Um, mm -hmm. I think um, sometimes it can feel like you failed if you try something and then you think, I hate this. Like, I'm just not sure that I want to go down this track or um, you outsource something or you try to create something or whatever it is. I think it's okay to try something and then realize this isn't actually what I wanted to do and to pull out of it and not feel like you failed. It's still a part of the learning journey. It's still a part of you becoming who you're going to be in the future and you'll probably take stuff from it no matter what. So um, like for me, I, I've realized I really want to build the websites. Well, it still was a really important learning journey of, okay, well, if I bring someone on, this is what it requires and this is what it's going to mean. And maybe I'm going to choose to take on someone with um, in a different area of the business, but I've still learned something from it. Um, and I think that that is okay as well. You don't have to feel like, well, you stuffed it up or like now I can never come back or people will think I'm an idiot or whatever you're telling yourself, it's probably not that bad. And it is all a part of you getting to where you're eventually going to go. So Absolutely. that's I okay. That. Too. That's, that's awesome. I want to piggyback off of Sarah because like I, I studied business entrepreneurship in college and that's when I knew like I wanted to start a business and be an entrepreneur and everything. Well, like I probably have like three, four failed businesses like before I got to Divi Life, which is the one that actually succeeded. And so, but like even though like those other ones like were definite failures, like 100%, like they failed. <laughs> um, I can look at it like, and, and take things that I learned that yeah. I'm now applying in my business today Absolutely. where I wouldn't like, I don't think my business would be where it is without all of those different failures and stuff. And so it's like, those were like, like almost like practice and like, you know, uh, stepping stones and, and, and lessons learned and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Steve jobs has a famously has a, uh, a speech where he spoke at, I think it was, I don't know. It was a university, Harvard or Yale. Um, and he talked about dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. And so like, you can't just 
predict the future and know like how to get from where you are to where you want to be, sometimes you have to go through those, you know, different, um, you know, trial and errors and, and, and trying things like Sarah mentioned and stuff. And then later you'll learn like, wow, like I got to where I am because of this, 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 and this, which at the time I thought were failures, but really they weren't. Yeah. I think it's important for people to hear that about you, Tim, too, because I think sometimes people, maybe all they see is Divi life of you. And I think it's really helpful for people to realize well, you didn't just come to Divi and start Divi Life and th that's the end of the story. But um, I think right. a lot of people would be inspired by where you've got to. And I think it's helpful for people to hear. We'll have an episode on Tim's failures. Tim's failures. That would be an interesting episode. It would be interesting. Be a long we could episode. just have an our failures and we can all just talk about yeah. all of our failures. Oh, boy. Yeah. We would need more than an hour. We need more than an hour. Let's just focus on Tim's. Let's just share Tim's. <laughs> All right. Love it. Um, um, I, I, Eric, I, I, you have I, a final thought? Yeah, I do. I was going to say, and it, I, it kind of piggybacks off of where where Tim was going with that this as well. Um, to be a big piggyback situation. I know. It really is. Uh, of course, I also want to say that I'm, I'm not keeping track specifically, but I think that's four, maybe five um, episodes in a row where Tim has brought up Steve Jobs. So I'm just <laughs> something to check into. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, it's all good. It's, it's good stuff. But I'm just, this is a, a kick you on. Um, I would say for people that, you know, are, are starting out and hearing this and, and things like that, or, you know, we've been talking about the very specifics of, you know, design or, you know, development and client acquisition and, and all that kind of stuff. And if you're really new into this, you may not think like, well, I, I don't, I don't know yet. I'm so figuring this out. But you can look back to other experiences. For example, for me, I used to run a summer camp for 15 years. Um, and people were like, man, you must really like kids. No, I, I like my kids. <laughs> you know, I don't really care about your kids. Um, and I, I mean, I guess I care about anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but when people ask, like, what do you miss most from running camp? Easy, my hands down, I miss staff training. I, I miss the staff training, developing the staff, leading the staff, and and accomplishing this major thing all summer long where we took care of 150 other people's children week in and week out with all of these 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. Um, and, and I like leadership. And so that's why I'm drawn to the side of it where I want to build a team. I want to build that team up and invest in them and 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 work that way through a team and and so look at your past you may not be able to you know maybe you haven't been doing web design long enough but you have enough in your passing experience to kind of help use that to figure out your lane so connecting those dots as uh tim was saying but it may not be in business it may be in some other job yeah that's awesome love it yeah that is interesting gino do you have a final thought yeah, I do. And uh, I'm not sure if this is a piggyback or not. I think it piggybacks <laughs> a little bit off of what everybody was saying. But I would say this, um, going through all the seasons that I had gone through, all the changes, helped me to be where I am today. And you know what? It, it all started out with doing something I was passionate about. So we talk about finding your lane. My lane was jumping in there and figuring out how to cool do cool designs with Divi. And then because I was passionate about it, I did the tutorials, I was on Facebook. I just loved, I loved sharing what I learned and things started to fall into my lap. I was approached for white label. I never planned to do it, 
Uh, but I was approached saying, hey, you know, you do child themes. We see you're out there in the community. You're very friendly. You're very outgoing. You're very helpful. Will you consider doing white label for our agency? I said, I've never done it before. Let's let's give it a shot. Now it's my main, I, I wouldn't say it's my main thing anymore, but prim, the primary, yeah, I guess it would be the primary income generator for us with my white label services. The other thing was monthly hosting and maintenance. I, I avoided that like the plague because of hosting issues that I dealt with in the past. And I didn't want to have to deal with being a middleman between a hosting company and the business. But uh, when, when a, a, part, a white label partner reached out to me and said, I'm done with my business, I want to I want to give it to you, you know, but I but I want it to be acquired. So you name a price, whatever. But I said, I have no money. You know, I, I can't I'm not in the business of buying anybody's business. And so we worked <laughs> something out. And now the monthly maintenance reoccurring is is like I love it because, one, I'm getting a steady income every month. Finally, it's nice knowing you're going to get twenty five hundred, three thousand a month every month, no matter what. So even if your your client work, they don't pay on time or whatever. There's a base salary. So I love the yeah. combination of a base salary with monthly recurring. And so, but that fell into my lap. That wasn't my plan. So while we do want to plan, I would say this is, you know, if you're find what you're passionate about and, and, and let that passion shine through and, and, and see where it goes from there sometimes. Yeah, plan things out. For example, I haven't shared much of this, but for the last year and a half, I've been thinking about taking up writing. So I'm planning on entering a new season of my life. And, and uh, so I decided that's why I'm going to do SEO and content for people, for clients, because I want to work up my writing skills. And I've been doing it with the Chamber of Commerce for a few years as the president. And that's another thing. Whoever thought, you know, being president of the Chamber of Commerce, a web designer would be something social like that, an introvert, <laughs> taking on a role like that, right? But But things drop in your lap, give them a shot. And I would say, you know, be where you want to be right now. You can do that. You can be where you want to be right now. Um, and, and go with the flow. That would be my I, I love it. And I think um, some other things that we really didn't bring out that are talked about a little bit more in your interview with Josh, I believe, but um, that, you know, there's some comments in the, in the chat, like, you know, Tim mentioning some failures and stuff. And, you know, somebody said like, Oh, we just assume you guys are all at the top of your game. Well, guess what? Like there's a lot of, that's not always true for starters. And for seconds, there's a lot of detours along the way. Gino, for example, was has been hit by a lot of issues, right? You had a lot of health issues over yeah. the past several years. A lot of things changed in your business that weren't deliberate choices you made. Absolutely. It was external things that affected you. And, you know, I mean, and then even it even affects somebody like Gino, who we obviously all look up to and stuff. And he felt insecure about coming on a podcast with us. Right. He said, it, well, Josh got him out of his shell. So he was going to come on. So don't look at what other people are doing. That's like another I don't mean to call you out like that, Gino, but I no. think that speaks exactly to your point, which is don't look in your in other lanes in by way of yeah. comparison. Don't yeah. think you understand. You know, what? what's your line, Tim? Don't compare your. Um, I Their think it was external Eric's. To your internal, your middle yeah, to somebody. What is yeah, it? Don't don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Oh um, yeah, that's what it so, is. Oh yeah, and and comparison robs you of your joy. Uh, I yep. say that all the time to my kids, especially. But comparison robs you of your joy. 
I don't want to compare and my middle to anybody else's see, after COVID. Absolutely. It's also all you can see is what they're presenting. Like you can't mm-hmm. see yeah. what their internal world is going through. And like that's part of what we try and share here in Divi Chat is you might think we've got it all together, but none of us feel like we've got it all together. <laughs> no. And we're all oh, yeah, just so- trying to figure it out as we go. Like th- that's yeah. that is all we can ever do. It's all anybody can ever do Absolutely. is just try our very best. But we're all feeling feelings all the time. And all <laughs> yeah. we can do is just try our best, right? So the the one I shared, Stephanie, which I didn't come up with this, I heard it somewhere, but Sarah just reminded me, don't Jobs. compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Oh, and a lot of yeah. times that's oh, what yeah. you see on the internet, social media yeah. is you're mm-hmm. seeing the yeah. highlights, you're seeing what they're choosing for everyone to see. And you're comparing that to what's happening in your own life behind the day scenes. And then you're yeah. getting discouraged. But it's like, anyone can put up a, a social media facade, you know, to make everything look, you know, peachy. But um, yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, comparison robs you of your joy. I love that. Well, um, <laughs> I guess, uh, as just one last little final thing, uh, let's swing all the way back to the beginning of this episode when we talked about the early days of Divi and how we all needed each other. So don't be on an island, you know, find your, find your tribe, find your people. Sometimes there's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more crowded of a space now. Um, Raquel is in, was watching, she was in the live chat, by the way, she said, hi, you know, and uh, she, she was on the show a while back. Uh, She works for elegant themes and does events. We need to have her back. Raquel, you need to come back on. But she said 70,000 is up to that, that group's up to. So, you know, it's a little bit more of a crowded space, but you can still find your tribe. You can still find your people. You can have smaller groups. You can have group chats even or Slack channels or things like that. Find people that you can rely on and that you can encourage and inspire each other and grow together. And that's like, look at the magic that can happen from it. Yeah. In fact, if anything, that's what Divi, the Divi community taught me. And I still, to this day, it's kind of been like my motto yeah and that came out of the divi chat community you know that and and now as president of the chamber of commerce it's like dude we can build community i have a facebook group just for our small little town it's at about 2500 members now um but i just kind of get the way we do the divi chat group and people love it it's like positive and encouraging no negative talk no complaining about stores and we block people out i mean it's what i've learned in this community yeah. here, the Divi community. Do you put a lot of tutorials in there? <laughs> <laughs> this is how you put your trash in the bin. <laughs> Gino, speaking of your town, so I was up in uh, Monterey a couple months ago. We had some oh. friends that moved there. And so it was like driving through, it was like seeing, it was like nostalgic of like, it was like a Gino, a Gino Kiros Monterey <laughs> premiere like tour basically. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was seeing, so for those of that don't know, Gino's business is Monterey premiere, which uh, in the, the Monterey, California area. And so, and then you named some, some of your product child themes after some of the landmarks like there so i was like we're going like to the beach and i see like grove. pacific grove I was like, that's a gino child theme i was there's another one too i was like this is awesome this is like a, a tour like i just wanted to like see like the child theme just like over the, the street sign <laughs> and your wife's eye rolls just like she was yeah, like just all over it. from yeah. eye rolling so hard <laughs> my wife does it all the time <laughs> every time i post <laughs> well you guys we ran long again 
but yeah. I think this one was worth it, don't you? Totally. Aren't we so glad yeah. we had Gino here? Gino, please come back. Come yes. back um, all the time if you want. Anytime. <laughs> come join us. We had so much fun being with you. I promise we won't be yeah. so obnoxiously embarrassing and gushy next time we just had to get it out though it's been building in that's us right. for years we had yeah, to get it out true. Yeah. well it was very it was very encouraging to me you guys uh, it's very encouraging to be back on here with all of you so um it's a, it's it. a real so much better than do, going and doing a talk or even even the one-on-one -on -one with josh is great but being with a panel like you guys just uh is so much more fun and uh I and i learned a lot from you guys so I, I'm more fun than Josh. Did you guys hear that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna He's text not here to actually watch the end. He's not here to defend himself. I'm gonna text Josh that Gino said. <laughs> than him. Hey, let's uh, Gino tell the people one last time where they can find out more about you or your services or join your social network or wherever. Sweet, sweet. Our, our primary, uh, the primary place where I do everything is on MontereyPremier.com. Um, gonna, you're gonna see more writing coming out of me. Probably some more tutorials, a little bit, oh, not just it. Divi, but you know, outside of the Divi community, more business related and stuff like that. But based on my experience from the last couple of years, so MontereyPremier.com, and still running Kidos.co. Uh, some of the tutorials need to be updated. We made some changes earlier last year, and uh, there's some broken links, but I'm working on it. And so all those people who are commenting, I got your comments. <laughs> uh, I'm working on updating those broken links. And, uh, and and you can find me on uh, Instagram at Monterey Premier and Twitter at Monterey Premier, and uh, in the Divi Community Facebook group. And it's awesome. Monterey with one R because I always spell yes. it with two. Yes, one R. Yes, yeah. All right, thanks everybody. I can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, and thanks for being here live. If you were, thanks for listening. Tim, take care. Bye bye.